Um, you know, yeah, women's hockey is very much, you know, you're building an Ikea table, but you're missing seven parts. So. So speaking of All-Star Games, the NWHL is actually hosting their All-Star Game in Nashville on February 9th. And in honor of that event, we decided to invite an expert in women's hockey to join us on the podcast. Um, We have Alyssa with us from the Even Strength website, which is a website dedicated to um, developing statistics on women's hockey, which there isn't really a good source out there for. So they've been working very hard on growing that. And we are very excited to welcome her to the show. So just hopping right into it, you briefly mentioned that you had a busy weekend. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Um, Yeah, we're heading into the end of the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League season. Um, We have one commentary crew that does uh, the entire league, uh, which is all well and good until you have two series uh, being played at the same time. So there were two games out of Melbourne and two games out of Perth. So we commentate them all remotely. Uh, So I was uh, at the rink we have the booth in from the on Saturday and I was back 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. on Sunday and they all decided to score so there were 45 goals across the weekend uh, one overtime one buzzer beater and two boat races so lots of goals (laughs) could have done with some less a few less uh, but yeah they're exciting games to commentate it's just exhausting uh, by the end of the weekend you're like I need a nap and like seven coffees <laughs> now let me ask you how many um, teams are in the league uh, we have five so we expanded okay. to five teams this year uh, they each play uh, three home series so that's a Saturday and a Sunday game and two away series uh three-away series yeah they don't not everyone plays each other the same number of times it's confusing (laughs) because there isn't like conferences or divisions or anything it just seems to be luck of the draw how how many times you play someone and this is perth's first season yeah yeah uh, Perth's first season uh they uh did all of the requirements to enter the league last year played a couple of exhibition matches looked really good in those uh and were deemed uh, fit for competition, essentially, because they were moving up from uh, Division 2. And so, yeah, their first season, they've had a really good season. I've been getting fantastic home crowds and stuff and uh, clinched playoffs in their final home game. So that was nice. I don't think anyone in Perth realised they clinched playoffs because I'm, like, rapidly texting their coach, being like, dude, you're in. Like, you could maybe get a team photo on the ice, just a suggestion. (laughs) That's but fun. yeah, so really exciting for them there. Our local community's really gotten behind them, particularly for a first-year team. It's been impressive, uh, the crowds they've been drawing. Yeah. Do you think that that'll lead to maybe some additional expansion teams in the West? Um, Perth's really the only city uh, okay. on the West Coast <laughs> of Australia. Uh, so in the men's league, we have eight teams, uh, and the ones that are missing are really just uh, Melbourne has two teams, Sydney has two teams, and Canberra okay. and Newcastle both have teams. So, you know, there's three potential teams that could appear, but it would require doubling up in cities or, um, 
Newcastle expanding when a lot of players uh, from Newcastle commute uh, to play with the Sydney team already. So I know uh, Canberra's definitely been interested uh, about getting in, but for them it's just um, development quality. They're just not quite there yet. They need to put up a couple of really good seasons in Div 2 and then maybe people will look at it a little more seriously. (laughs) We like one the two of the games. The games yesterday were actually happening at the same time. So one of them we were doing on a tape delay, and we finished the first game. And Michael was like, "Okay, uh, you guys have twenty like fifteen minutes. Uh, do whatever you need to do." And then we have to be back in the booth for game prep. And I'm like halfway out the door because there's a McDonald's five minutes down the road, and it was <laughs> yeah. three p.m. and I wanted lunch. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I <laughs> does anyone want anything? <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> They're just texting you their orders as they're running out of the door. <laughs> it's literally like the poor people who actually work at the ice rink. There's just because our booth gets really hot because obviously enclosed contains much ventilation because we don't want the sounds of whatever else is happening in the ice rink to kind of filter through the broadcast. Um, so it's really hot in there. So I'm usually in there in like, you know, T-shirts and short shorts on like usually short shorts are occurring. And then I'm just like bolting out of the rink like, through the general skate area just in short shorts and, like, bucks, and everyone's always just like, what is happening in there? You're like the rink cryptid. (laughs) Really, when they're so late as well, like... And yesterday, there was nothing on at the rink after we finished, so we had to lock up and everything and, like, sneak out through the cafe, and I'm like, wow, I've really, like, taken up inhabiting this rink. Like, I just live here now. (laughs) I think that's everyone in Australia. I don't know why they don't like Melbourne. <laughs> Melbourne. Melbourne is very much a sports city. Um, they're probably like the they're very much like the capital of sports uh, in Australia. They have lots of teams in lots of leagues. Many teams in some leagues, like AFL. They have like I get that it's a Victorian sport, like their state's very big on it, but they have like. Over 10 teams in oh, the wow. one city. Uh, yeah, we don't do the one team city thing here. That's very, very much a North American sport thing, and it very much confuses me to, like, a large degree. I'm like, wait, you, you just have one team in the city? Okay. <laughs> do you <laughs> that mean works, like one team per sport or one team total? Yeah, yeah like, by, by oh. sport kind of thing. Like, all of our, like, major sports leagues, we have multiple teams per city. Even, like, when we're talking mm-hmm. women's sport, like, in the cricket, there's two Sydney teams. Mm-hmm. And then playing each other is always lit. But, like... Yeah. <laughs> like that rivalry really must be off the charts. Exactly. Like, that must be a really good rivalry. Oh, Sydney versus Sydney uh, men's ice hockey games. I'm like, literally, who's going to fight first? The players or the fans? Who knows? <laughs> That's amazing. They just surprise you. It's the coaches. They just like, go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and we've had everything happen. Like, it, it gets wild sometimes. And you're just there like, oh, my goodness, everyone calm down. But, yeah, it definitely leads to a lot of intercity rivalries and, it gets fun come finals if your team has, like, whether we're talking ice hockey or other major sports, if your team has more than two teams, like, your city has more than two teams, mm-hmm. uh, people will start getting snarky. And, like, you very much have to declare allegiances or make it very obvious you're a neutral party. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm from New York, and, like, most sports we have, like, two teams, and it's very much, like, you can't. You can't be one or the other. You need to pick one, and you need to stick with yeah. that one. 
and everybody with like the other the other team everybody just hates each other so i get that part yeah we've got like and our row, which is probably the that. biggest one in Sydney. It's like one, two, three. There's got to be at least ten teams again in the Sydney region, <laughs> kind of thing. And then you've got Newcastle, which is like close enough to Sydney that it can get snarky, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's always a riot. Uh, just having that many teams uh, in one city playing the one sport. Uh, but it also means, I guess, when we win championships, like, we don't necessarily do, like, the shut down the city level of celebration because <laughs> yeah. the inner city is pretty much always neutral ground. Like, there's no team that I can think of that really has, in any city um, that has multiple teams, really has that inner city covered because that's most people commute into the city. No one really lives there, I guess. Um, so, yeah, like, I had our um, my local NRL team won the championship this year and, like, it was exciting, but, like, I don't think anyone outside of Bondi cared. We were all just like, whoo! Everyone else like, shut up. These are the suburbs. We don't like you anyway. <laughs> oh. And then you have teams, um, like, our, like in Boston, you have the CWHL Boston team and then the NWHL Boston team. And that's, like... A rivalry, but not really. It's just they never yeah. each other. right because they don't compete, but yeah. they're still like both there. They're, they're competing for a fan base. Yes, exactly, yeah, exactly. True. Everyone yeah. should just be fans of both. That's the solution, folks. Yeah. Like, yeah, nailed it. Let's <laughs> go around, definitely. Yeah, Newcastle sports haven't been great uh, for a while. So, and that's like <laughs> one of the few like we have one team to support per sports kind of town. Oh. So. We would yeah. shut down a city kind of yeah. thing. Very much like blue collar coal mining area. Like we go hard for sport. Um, but yeah, like we won a couple of NRL championships when I was a kid and like a soccer championship in 2003. And then apart from ice hockey, which most people don't know exists, uh, we've had nothing since then. We made the soccer finals last year and uh, lost uh, by one goal. And that goal was hilariously so offside, it wasn't funny. But oh. apparently the video review booth, like, crashed for five minutes. So they couldn't review the tape. And oh. we're, like, turn on a TV. Every person was, like, screaming. But it was hyped. Like, tickets sold out for that in, like, five minutes. I was stressed. I wasn't even going. But I was tasked <laughs> with, like, the family job of acquiring tickets like my dad and brother and I was like this is so stressful I've never been more stressed for anything but yeah apparently it was a great game if you ignore the glaring offside call and the fact it was against Melbourne so you know oh. everyone hated it yeah. <laughs> that home so game against Melbourne one goal game and it was apparent yeah it's like offside by like five meters kind of thing like it shouldn't have been a goal but it was like that's something so we talk about forever. <laughs> yeah, like oh, I'd be so pissed. I was pissed. I was at I just finished commentating a game for the men's league in Sydney, and the bar we will go to after the game was showing the game, and these are all oh. Sydney people, so none of them care, and I'm just there like ah. <laughs> <laughs> like what is this? <laughs> no, everyone's just like, I what's their like, problem? And everyone's like, Alyssa, can you chill? I'm like, no. 
We only win ice hockey championships and I need something else in my life that when I talk about other people will understand because they don't care when we win an ice hockey championship. Oh. Need so, sport problems. Yeah, so like, I mean, with all these, I guess not all of these, but I mean, ice hockey is getting bigger and bigger in Australia. Or is it? I mean, it's it seems like... Growing slowly. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's more people... More people, definitely more people watching the NHL and our stuff like that, but it's just getting people into the Australian League because it is a very different game. Like, okay. it's not the level you're going to see. They're not as fast. They're not, you know, as skilled. But that's just, if they were as skilled, they would all be in the NHL, but they're not. <laughs> yeah. It's like a solid 20 steps of failure before you like <laughs> but, like we get imports every year that come in and you know we had a few guys who were drafted and you know a couple of guys who because we play men's season league plays in the off season um oh, so a couple okay. of guys who play like echl and stuff like that but that's like you play in the echl it's like Whoa, you're the best player on your team by like oh, a solid goodness. mile kind of thing so that's oh. you know the level we're talking here like, it's good, and I love watching it, um, but it's definitely, like, one of those things people a lot of the time will come in and be, like, all hyped on, like, ice hockey and be like, oh, this isn't the NHL. It's like, well, no, it's ice hockey in Australia. Like, <laughs> you, you can't come in and expect the NHL, because if you yeah. do, you're going to be disappointed. But, like, you know, pick a team and just shamelessly root for them. Like, it's, you know, people get hyped for college sports and, like, junior sports and stuff like yeah. that, you know. Because you temper your expectations and you don't expect them to do, you know, ridiculous things. So, you know, temper your expectations. It'll be fine. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely growing. Uh, most of the rinks are somewhat pretty much at capacity in regards to, like, crowd sizes. Um, oh, but, like, wow. some of the bigger ones, not so much. But, like, you know, in a big game, you'd be getting close to sellout um, a lot of the time. So, just with what we have, um, infrastructure-wise, we can only do so much. Um, and, you know, it works and we like it. Uh, you know, we can all sit there and be like, oh, we want better rinks and, oh, we want, like, you know, better players and stuff like that. But it's going to be a slow process and it costs money and maintaining an ice rink in Australia is, you know, an uphill battle because yeah. everything yeah. is working against you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. But now you got uh, Australia I, wrapped on the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Make it onto the Stanley Cup. He it didn't. was badly disappointing. No, he didn't play enough games. Oh. And because he didn't play in the Stanley Cup final itself, he played in the playoffs. You have to play in the Stanley yeah. Cup final yeah. or you have to have played something like 40 games in a season. Yeah. So he won it. And, like, you know, gets all the stuff in regards to that. But, yeah, no name on the cup yet. We're working yes. on it. Yeah. That's the thing that I don't understand. They have, like, extra spots they can put people's names on the cup. But, they but you also have for, like, names including all of your staff. So that's including your head coaches and your assistant yeah. coaches and your athletic trainers who put in just as much time and effort and deserve to be on there just as much, even if they're not necessarily the people you go, oh, my goodness, they deserve to be on the cup kind of thing. Um, but at the same time, yeah, you can petition, but, like, usually petitions to put a name on the cup are for, like, you know, massive, outstanding circumstances yeah, yeah. kind of thing, you think. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, mm-hmm. guys who've uh, received like career-ending injuries during the season and didn't make that minimum game cutoff or something like that, they're usually the ones you see getting added yeah. at the last minute. Yeah, we also that's have true. people whose names are Devontae Smith Kelly. That takes up a bajillion characters. Said Andre Burkowski yeah. with all his letters. Oh. But we know, and it's on the Stanley Cup of my heart. <laughs> I was at the game where he scored his first goal, and like the whole arena just went crazy. I could only that imagine. Wild that entire like lead up. Yeah, like just watching. That- it was so stressful. Like, the, <laughs> like people it was like, oh, he might play, like, he's still up, he's still up, we're not sure, kind of thing, and no official word had come through, but, like, his parents and now wife had already gone over, and then one of his, um, like, his first coach had promised, like, way back when, um, you know, when you, when you make the NHL, I'm going to come watch your first game. And so they left on like to make it because obviously we yeah. have such a long fly kind of thing and they only give you like 24 hours notice it takes more than yeah. 24 hours to get to the east coast of america oh yeah. so like we need more time <laughs> um so they or it jumped on a plane like on the wednesday and here and the game was on the saturday and it was announced while they were in the air that he was playing um and it was just like everyone was like like, he stressed the entire lead-up kind of thing because you didn't want to, like, kind of, like, everyone's, like, doing the shots and being, like, he shouldn't make it, but, like, he should have made it last year and he didn't. And, like, ha. Ah. <laughs> but I was he, like, I guess, yeah, like, the guys that are good enough to go to the NHL, they leave at a pretty early age. Um, so he left at 14 to go to Prague. <laughs> So um, went over, uh, had a coach here in Sydney that knew uh, a coach of a junior team in Prague and was like, go over and, you know, wants you to come to training camp. You know, they're not thinking this year, but, you know, they just kind of want to see where you're at. Um, and he performed as expected and his mum came home with us. So you're 14 years old and you've just been left in Prague. <laughs> like, you don't speak Czech. Like, we're not yeah. great. Like, you don't have any compulsory 14, you're only just in year eight at school here, so your second year of high school, and between year seven and eight, you only have 100 compulsory hours of languages, and it's usually some really mediocre French or German, which isn't going to help you at all yeah. uh, in Prague. So, yeah, he left at 14, uh, pretty much never came back. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Yeah, Played, like, three games in the AIHL uh, one season, just happened to be here, and uh, the team was down some players, and he's good friends with a lot of the guys on that team, and was like, yeah, sure, I'll play some games. But he was still, like, 17 at the time kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The last time he played in Australia was, I want to say he was 18. It was for the World Championship. Like, we literally... He came back to do did a charity game uh, this year in the off season. Uh, we have a, a USA Canada Classic that comes over every year with a bunch of yeah. essentially B League players, you know, some mm-hmm. AHLers, maybe a couple of NHLers. But that was his first time playing on Australian ice since he was like before he was drafted, oh, and it was wow. insane to hear him announce because they like kit out like a proper stadium with ice for it. So this is like packed stadium 
I've literally never heard a sound like that before. Like I was on down on ice level doing media stuff and it was so loud when yeah. it came out. Like everyone was just beyond hyped. It was like fantastic to see kind of thing. You're like, yes, okay, this one's ours. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the hotel boy. All the rivalries dismissed. Like, no more. We all claim him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to jump in here, and this is random, but how did you even get into hockey? Uh, so, <laughs> you got to really paint the picture. So, student accommodation in <laughs> Dundee, Scotland. <laughs> it's 11 p.m. at night. I'm about three siders in, and one of my roommates was from Edmonton. Uh, and she was live commentating the text she was getting from her dad during the first Battle of Alberta of the year. And, like, I'm from Newcastle, so I can get behind a geographical rivalry. Like, tell me, <laughs> we support this team and we hate this team specifically because of where they live and no other reason. And I'm like, yes, okay, <laughs> great, I'm in. And, yeah, that was it. So, unfortunately, an Oilers fan... Uh, <laughs> Got specifically, like, you know, hadn't even, couldn't watch a game for ages because I just didn't know how to. Like, I didn't know anyone in Australia who liked hockey. I didn't know, I was just like, do we get hockey on TV here? I knew it wasn't on free to air, at least, kind of thing. Had no idea how to watch it. Um, so I was just looking up YouTube clips. This is before the NHL did, like, their giant purge of, like, copyrighted content from YouTube. And there was a lot of, like, 2011, 2012 Oilers tapes. Uh, so that was not good hockey. I do not know how that this is a sport worth following. Uh, but yeah, 2012 Oilers game tape uh, on YouTube was what really did it to me. So very right on Taylor Hall. Uh, we'll cry yeah. about Sam Garnier's eight point game at least once a month. Like that's the mood. If you were going to tell me, like, 2011, 2012, like, Taylor Hall, Jordan Everly tweets, I'd be like, yeah, exactly. That's what got They're me as well. Like, just amazing. <laughs> no, just a highlight reel of, like, the 10 total goals that team scored that year. Oh. Eight of them were in one game. You know, it's fine. Yeah. They were so bad. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They were really bad. Um. But, yeah, so I, I get to claim the badge of honor, which isn't so much. People don't question as much. But, you know, two years ago when the Oilers pretended to be good for an entire season yeah. to trick me into believing in them for a hot minute, which was really <laughs> rude of them to do. Because <laughs> I, I was very content with being like, okay, I love this team and they stink. Yeah. And then yeah. they were good for a season. Like, mm-hmm, interesting. <laughs> and then they were bad again. I was like, okay, good. I like that. We're back to what I know. <laughs> Didn't enjoy the one fluke. It was very stressful. <laughs> Um, oh but yeah, for that entire season, I'd be like, oh, what team? I'm like, oh, an Oilers fan. They're like, oh, Connor McDavid. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm I predate <laughs> Connor McDavid. It's <laughs> like, I'm not bandwagoning them. Let me live. <laughs> I know, that's so, like, that's I always everything. my suffering. Like, I know I was only a fan of the team for, like, less than half a year before they got McDavid. But I watched tape from 2012. That has to count for something. Yeah. Like, I've watched, like, the 2006 Stanley Cup final, which is a great thing to do on a Sunday if you want to feel sad about your life. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, 
I was just like, I'm not a bad wag, I'm bad. <laughs> you have to, you have to earn your stripes. So watching those on a Sunday, like, those are your stripes. It was literally like, I backdated suffering, guys. Like, I deserve the credit <laughs> for this. <laughs> yes. I didn't have to watch those bad games, but I did. <laughs> and you earned it. I personally deserve this playoff run. <laughs> Oilers fans are like, she's a different breed. Let her in. She's her. She didn't have to watch it, but she did. She really did. Like, I have yeah, so many people I know who are like hardcore like Oilers people are like, why? You literally chose this. Like they're all like, you know, <laughs> born in Edmonton, like there's no option kind of thing. Like, congratulations, yeah. you're an Oilers fan now. They're like, you literally chose this and like, I'm aware. Please <laughs> stop telling me. It was a mistake. <laughs> But I had 30 teams to choose from. I chose the Oilers. <laughs> at least it's like a new-ish era now. Like the Wicked Witch, kind of. But her sister's maybe there. Starting? I don't know. Can't wait until he's announced to get a job in like mid-level management next year. <laughs> the Oilers way, folks. Oh, Literally our last four GMs still work for the organization. Yeah. So. yeah. We were looking at that the other week. Great fun. Also, Milan Lucic is still signed for another four years. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. Really like that. Yeah. It's like you got rid of um, Shirelli, but his legacy will live on for many moons. It's it's, uh, forever. Yeah. He just got signed. Yeah. Yeah, I still can't decide what the weirdest contract we signed him to was. Uh, this most recent four-year deal, or the fact that we signed him as a backup to a one-year contract with a no-movement clause. Like, I we really did that. <laughs> I mean, who needs goaltending? You don't need goaltending if you have competent forwards. Unfortunately, we have one competent forward. Yeah, like one and a half. Two, okay. I'd say two and a half. everyone else. (laughs) I would say Nuge is definitely competent. He's been beaten down, but he's competent. Yes. Now, McDavid, Nuge, and Dreisaitl. Yeah. We finally put them all at center, which is nice. (laughs) I was was so confused this season when Nuge was on the wing. I was like, wait, isn't he a good checking center? Yeah. I, I, yes, yeah. I, I was like, oh well, I, I, I never played the game, so we were <laughs> having one good line and three completely garbage lines, rather than three potentially mediocre lines because yeah. you have good players tied with anchors. Uh, yeah. It didn't work. <laughs> and then yeah. didn't Kayla Yamamoto? He like he wanted this. He wanted to go to Edmonton. He was like, if you guys don't trap me, I will make you regret it. Yeah, he went. I support him in those decisions. Any player who's excited to go to Edmonton, I'm like, same kid. (laughs) 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 Let's see how long until we both regret this, because, like, I'm there. (laughs) Honestly, the goaltending signing broke me. I was like, "Mm -hmm." I just, I don't have emotions anymore. (laughs) I wake up now and I find out that they lost, you know, to the Flyers in overtime after McDavid scores a goal that looks like that, and I'm like, yeah, on par. <laughs> that sounds about right. Okay. 
That, <laughs> that was a crazy it's, game. Yeah, oh. I haven't watched a game uh, since, like, November. Hey, yeah. I've been busy. It's hard to watch NHL games when they're in the middle of the day. I do I really want to, like, voluntarily expose myself to that? Like, there's a difference between knowing they're bad and having to watch them be bad. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I'll i say that. Because I, I'm, I'm a Flyers fan, too, and I, like, I think it just clicked earlier, before this win streak, which, fuck you, because we were going to lose for Hughes, but before this win streak, I was like, no, I was like, oh, they're actually bad. Like, this is, it's not the coach. They're just a bad team. And yeah, so that's like I was just yeah, like, right, that's was a like, really beautiful realization to come to. <laughs> and I'm like on Twitter defending. I'm like, no, if we change the coach and move this over here, it'll work. And then they do it, and they're still bad. I'm just like, okay, yeah, I, I was literally okay. by the time we hit November, like we had that weird teeny tiny win streak, and I was like, we're still bad. I'm not sure how we're winning. We're winning, but we're still bad. And everyone was like, there's hope. I'm like, no, no, no do not set yourself up for this failure. Like. You're just setting yourself up to be let down. If you believe in your heart of hearts that we are a garbage team with the best player in the entire world, everything gets so much easier. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like that's what Connor McDavid also thinks. <laughs> uh, is he okay? Like, how is he feeling? You see his, like, his interviews, just, like his eyes just scream, help me, help me. He's aged 10 years in, like, four months. He has aged. He has aged. I was, um, most of the time when Hilarious Trace happened, it's, like, in the middle of the night for me because that's what teams like to do. It's very, not very often I'm awake for a blockbuster deal. Usually I just wake up and be like, oh, how kind of them to do this while I was sleeping. I'm going back to sleep. I hate it. Um, (laughs) But while I was in North America over Christmas, uh, I was on a streetcar. Oh, no, I was in a mu- the museum in Toronto uh, when the rumors first started popping up being like, Peter Chiarelli's looking at Brendan May. And I was like, oh, cool joke. <laughs> Hang it. And I'm on a streetcar. When it happens, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> How <a> dare they? <laughs> I like, can't believe that's I, I still can't believe it's true. City. He can't in Jacona. But why did we give. Chicago actual stuff for him. Like, Drake Kajula wasn't bad. Was it, weren't they besties? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just, like, trade his best friend and get his mortal enemy. David isn't bad meaningful human relationships in hockey. They're all traded away from him. Oh, true. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> like, let's just look at the record. Like... <laughs> Dylan Strom, off there doing that, proud of him, but, you know, we'll ignore his existence now. Uh, then we have Taylor Hall, you know, moves in with him. That's my mentor. He understands what it's like being a first overall pick. Ooh, we actually won a gold medal together at Worlds. Peter Chiarelli, okay, you don't need him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Who does he have yeah. left? Arnell Nurse, are they close? Oh, uh, yeah, they were close. I was listening to something and they were saying like yeah the Oilers should trade Darnell Nurse yeah, or something. Like, 
just go, oh my god, it's happening. It's like everything you're saying, they're going to take everyone close to Connor. We just see, like, as before the season ends, Connor and Manning are just best friends. They're always together. <laughs> oh, Brendan Manning to back to Chicago. Yeah, he's just not allowed meaningful human relationships. Yeah. They all get traded. And, like, I loved Shirelli's answer. It was like, they were like, people were like, have you talked to Connor about this? He was like, well, we tried to acquire him last year, and he was fine with it then. <laughs> so, is that a no? <laughs> like, so, I mean, when it's fine now. Yeah. Like, what is McDavid going to say? No. I know. We're trying to win. David needs to go full Jack Eichel and just become coach NGM of his own team. But, like, can you imagine him as a coach and or GM? Like, I don't think. I don't know. Do better than Gretzky. Oh, yeah. And no one can do worse than Shirelli. Yeah. Like, you're only (laughs) getting up from here. At least no one's actively saying the word rebuilds, even though we're all thinking it, because really, we're at rock bottom. What else is there to do? How can you go through a rebuild? We've been rebuilding for a whole decade now. It's great. So it should be done. Like, McDavid would have, should have been, like, the last piece. Like, but he's not. We should, we should have bad. got to McDavid. Bad, yeah. co- uh, too much, many coaching changes and bad GMing was what landed us Connor McDavid. This is very much a halt of our own making. <laughs> but could you imagine McDavid in Toronto? Oh, God. Listen, I think about it every day. <laughs> I'm not saying I, I have a group. Yeah, that's purely dedicated to the idea of Connie McDavid going to Toronto, but it was made three years ago, and in that idea, original iteration was he wins a cup with Edmonton and then gets the hell out of town. <laughs> <laughs> so you have like an alternate universe for the past like three seasons going on in this group. <laughs> oh yeah, they all went to the Olympics as well. It's a great time. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! Team North America still happened because that was. Yeah, yeah, Team North America still happened. He hated it, though. He hated it. Did he really? I think he hated the the idea, but once once they played together, he saw how cool that was. He was annoyed he could have played to Canada. He's a good little Canadian boy. Yeah. (laughs) Which is fair. You know you're good enough to probably be, if not the first-line center, but the second-line center for Team Canada at the age of 18. And they're like, no, you have to play for this fake, made-up team. I also would be mad. Yeah, but I think they had too many, like, they had a, what's it called? Abundance of riches? Like, if those if those guys had to play for a team, um, USA and Canada, there wouldn't be, like, a lot of people would have been left off. Yeah, that's the, always the way it is with Team Canada, it's always stacked, yeah. but, like, from his point of view, I can't blame him, because he knew he would have made the team. Like, what are you going to do, not put McDavid on the Canadian roster? Yeah, true. Yeah. They probably, like, honestly, Team North America was probably made because America was like, we're not picking them. We got our people. We're happy. They're like, no, you have to play these kids. These kids have to play. And they're like, no. And they're like, fine. Then just make a Team North America. And they're like, sorry, Connor. America <laughs> fucked up again. We have to put you guys on here. And put weird stipulations that you have to be under this age. and like this. Well, it was yeah. like originally when they're looking at being in every four-year things and someone did the numbers and was like, wow, can't wait for Connor McDavid to captain Team North America next time as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it was 
was originally supposed to be him and Matthews both would have him Matthews and I think Jack Eichel might have just scraped through because he's that little bit older but yeah him and Matthews both still would have been under 23 so like that would have been this coming off season I think it was supposed to be how good that team would have been it would have been really good like Like, Eichel Matthews your three centers well they played the one the one line together for Team North America that was the best bet (laughs) <laughs> I know that Team North America I was, like, was just this line. <laughs> yeah would McKinnon still be on it no no, no. no it's literally it's not even Eichel doesn't even make it it would just be McDavid and Matthew uh, yeah McDavid and Matthews would be young enough to just sneak in <laughs> the vets Oh, Meanwhile, not picture Connor attempting to forge his birth certificate to make him look a year older. We That's screwed up. I should have gone hand. the year earlier. Wait, is that why he grew his hair out? Is like... as to whether they can cash in on their first round draft pick that they used on Aaron Eckblad. Yes. <laughs> what like I always think about Aaron Eckblad. Like, what are you still okay? Like, are you still alive? Yeah, well, no, he's, he's just like, not that good, and he's not even like old yet. Yeah, and like I, they're like regretting that contract. They have to be, right? Well, yeah, because he's got fifty concussions since he signed the con- contract. But I it's feel just like that's more. Yeah, I feel like there's that's more of they they don't have anything around him than like yeah. Like, he's the only, he's one of the only he, popular he defensemen. one of those players where it's like, in juniors, you're like, are they good or are they just big? And he was, like, good, but he was also big, which made yeah. him look a lot better than he actually is. And yeah. that's and starting to be coming through now. But, yeah, yeah, honestly, McDavid forging his birth certificate, Flora would be trying to cash in. Like, this is a team that tried to convince the NHL that if you counted leap years, they should have been able to draft Ovechkin in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they literally tried to draft Ovechkin a year before his draft year because they were like, if we count leap, we should be able to have him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, who wouldn't try to get Ovechkin? I've... But also, I don't think I would have thought to count like wait, days as extra days and be like, look, he's 15 days of being drafted or so, whatever it was. In his lifetime, there have been this many leap year days. We did the math and it means we get to keep him. <laughs> that means they could have did it with Austin too. Cause that's yeah. Yeah. Florida yeah, what is a just dangerous like... precedent to set. <laughs> Like, Florida's just literally trying. They're like, please give us someone. We need fans. We need to be good. Because, like, we're trying our best. They should go to Quebec Quebec, and then call it a day. There's, like, tons of Florida, I mean, Panthers fans that deserve to have their team. Oh, but I guess. But then Broussard, he'd be closer to his family. And that's what I want. (laughs) <laughs> he's not gonna stay there long. Like, he's not gonna stay there long. Flip him to Winnipeg. Flip him to Winnipeg. Um, but okay. Like this past two weeks, I've been going on even strength and looking at everything. First of yeah. all, can I just say it is one? It's like the easiest stat site to figure out where to go. And I am stupid with stats. Like I like use stats, but I'm very stupid with it. And I've had three statistics. I've taken three statistical classes, and I still don't understand. But this is- site. Three more than me. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
That shows you how smart you are and how dumb I am. That's truly what it is. Education well, was still in it. I need to stop going back to uni is the moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> me as well, because they always try to stick me in a stat class. It's like, no, 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 no. I, I don't want to take this. And they're like, you No, primary teaching just doesn't do a lot of stats. Um, uh-huh. It doesn't exist. So, didn't take an entire stats class in my entire undergrad. Haven't taken one of my masters yet. We're killing it. (laughs) But you're hustling and figuring it out. I know. I'm like, look at all these stats skills I have. Can I use them for something, please? Instead, I just have, like, some really intense reporting spreadsheets for my kids at school. (laughs) They're high tech. (laughs) It's useful, though. I mean, it has to be. It has to be useful. This, I, I, like, the, all this information that I have in my brain for these players, it'll be useful somehow. Some yeah. Way. Like, Eventually. Yeah. I'm like, I get abducted, and I'm like, no, I'm getting Malkin's Corsi 4 in the game. <laughs> They're just like, ma'am, shut up! Let her go. She's ridiculous. <laughs> Let her go. Okay. Um, I've been really, so when, like, the entire getting into hockey thing, obviously I didn't know anyone who watched it, I had no idea how I was supposed to watch it, so it was very much like marrying the eye test with stats, so I could be like, oh yes, the Oilers are bad, good, they looked bad, I wasn't sure for a second. That's glad. exactly how stats should be. Like, that's how I use it. Because I'm like, okay, I'm I think they look bad. I'm glad we confirm that I know how to watch. Like, I had no idea what, like, an icing was or an offside. Like, God, it took me so long to work out exactly what an offside was because no one was around. I couldn't just ask someone because I had yeah. no one to ask. I was just like, why do they keep getting the whistle blown? Why is it happening? I don't understand. Um, it was very stressful. <laughs> Cue me getting NHL 15 and still not knowing what yes. an offside was. And then it was... Me getting the offside calls. <laughs> Why is this happening? I'm a good person. Can I turn these off? <laughs> Do they have like no rules NHL? I don't know. I exclusively play threes now because there's no okay. offside. <laughs> I'm really bad at getting back onside. Is what I discovered once I realized uh, what it was. Um, but yes, yeah, so I really, uh, you know, didn't have the best idea of how it was played so it was a lot of um using a judge to validate what i was seeing and be like okay and like i like numbers i'm a numbers person so it was a very natural progression for me and then as i kind of moved into women's hockey uh there's no data in women's hockey and i was like hello (laughs) where do i find even the box score i'm looking but i can't find it and then you get to the box score and you're like it doesn't say shots why doesn't it say who, which play, how many shots each player are taking? Like, why is that information not there? I would like that information. Um, so for me, it was just constantly being frustrated uh, with just the lack of publicly available information. And like, the NWHL was by far and still is kind of the premier statistics league, like league statistics-wise in what they track. But even then, like show us that weird 3D map on their website of where the shots were taken from and you couldn't really see. But then I also couldn't look at a specific player and see, like, even within, like, one game where they took their shots from in that game. Like, oh, I can see they took five shots. I'd love to know where they are. And it's just like, no, no, you can't see where they're from unless you check every individual dot on this map yourself. And I was like, 
I hate it. <laughs> um, so I've been trying for a while to like build something for my life. Just general statistical coding skills. Uh, we're not up there. Our course is never taking an actual statistics <laughs> course. So like I could use R to like a basic degree. I did a sports analytics um, graduate certificate because I could <laughs> the year after I finished my undergrad and was just like, okay, so I know how to analyze sports. Great. I can track sports. Great. Do I have time to watch every NWHL game and individually track the shots? Negative. Um, so I was just really frustrated with that constantly and trying to work out ways to do it. And I was like, they have to, the, like information's on the website. There has to be a way to get it from the website. I couldn't work it out. Um, and then Mike went and did his talk at the Rochester Institute of Technology Sports Analytics Conference in August. And suddenly there was, like, a lot of people that were finally professor. I mean, like, ooh, women's hockey. And I just shamelessly recruited people um, via complaining on Twitter a lot about all the things I didn't have until people were like, I can help. I was like, fantastic. <laughs> uh, so... Moral of the story if you complain enough, someone else will eventually help you fix it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Jake Flancy did a fantastic job uh, building the scraper we currently use for the site. Uh, Matt uh, Barlow also uh, worked on one for Python for a little bit that now doesn't work properly. And then CJ was in there, you know, there's like four of us trying to work out how to most efficiently get data from this website. And I was like, okay, hear me out, guys. Uh, what if we put this in all one central location and actually make it look good rather than, like, expecting people to be able to scrape their own data? Because, like, it was great that I could scrape data finally, but, like, it still wasn't on a website. It was just on my computer and on Jake's computer and on, you know, a couple of people's computer, but it wasn't anywhere super accessible. So we're kind of like, we've got this. If we're doing this, we might as well do it properly kind of thing. So it was a... Full throttle for all of September, uh, and we launched like a month and a half after I first was like, let's make a website. Uh, so great turn. Honestly, couldn't have done it without the guys. They were fantastic. I do most of the updating and stuff now, but just having that initial framework as I was like frantically still trying to like upskill myself to the level that we were doing it at um, was really nice. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing how quickly it all came together. Yeah, it was it was an intense couple of months. I was like, I don't have time for anything else. We have a season start date we need to be ready by, so Yeah. We slid it under the wire. We were still doing updates on like the last date before we launched, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean as long as you launched on time. That's amazing. I love that it's basically you like you were trying you were like, Okay, let me look into women's hockey and then they're Everything you needed wasn't there, so you just made it. You made a site yeah. that you now people and like me could easily go there and find it. It's really the, like I wanted shots. It was like I wanted shot locations and shot counts for the A dub, and no one was gonna like. We don't even have shots per player in our box score, so it's kind of the same level as the CWHL. Yeah. Um, but because I was commentating all the games this season, I was like, what if I just track the games? myself yeah <laughs> as if you don't and have enough to do we have data <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's a lot like as if you haven't watched enough hockey yeah, yeah. <laughs> setting up even strength has definitely helped you with your league that you track i mean so now like you said you have that information 
do coaches ever come to you for that information? Like, um, I know that at least in Australia, the coaches are aware of and mm-hmm. somewhat use, or like players somewhat use the like heat maps and like player shot charts and stuff like that. Um, North America, I don't know so much if coaches are using it. I know a couple of players follow the site mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter. But, again, it's just hard to know. Like, I have, definitely haven't had anything directly emailed through, but it's one of those things where, like, if they are using it, teams don't necessarily want other yeah. teams to know, like, what level of statistics they're using. Because I know for the NHL, like, that's with their new data coming out with betting. They were saying yeah. how, like, players can't use that information for, like, contract negotiations and stuff. Yeah. Or, like, not players, but agents and stuff. So yeah. I was like, well, regardless the players should be able to, like, be like, listen, I'm doing, like, five shots a game from here, here, here. Like, yeah. I'm getting it done. Like, move me up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I, that's what I, I would say. But <laughs> well, Yeah, there's definitely a thing where, like, uh, more information, like, teams or coaches or whatever aren't yeah. necessarily always hyped about it. I know we were looking at doing some stat stuff for the men's league, uh, one of the things in the men's league here last year, and we were talking about time on ice. And the coach was very much like, oh, no, we don't want time on ice because each team's allowed for import players and they didn't necessarily want the locals knowing, like the Australian players, knowing how much exactly they were playing the import players over them so you know there's definitely contention uh with new data comes out obviously comes uh more opportunities for people to be like okay but i'm better than them kind of thing why is this happening but like it's one of those things that you delay for too long and leagues risk getting left behind kind of thing so exactly this episode is def- it's coming out like right before the NWHL. Yeah, yeah NWHL. Uh, their All Star game, and yep. so we really wanted to highlight that. Um, I know you don't have. I don't know for this league. Do you have a favorite team, or do you just track every everyone and like they're all like you're like they're all equal. I love them all equally. Like, I was them? originally a Riveters fan, but just courtesy of the fact uh, that a lot of the games do happen. Well, half the games happen on a Monday for me. The other half happen on a Sunday morning. Um, I don't get to watch anywhere near as much um, as I would like. So I would still say I am technically a Riveters fan, but I haven't watched a Riveters game in a very long time, which is unfortunate. But, like, I am just usually either have other things on. So the struggle is real. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I would say I'm a Riveters fan, but this season I have watched, like, three games definitely have a team but i wouldn't say i am like particularly devoted to them by any means <laughs> yeah. I, um, I was like surprised well not actually not really i like followed their like off season and i'm yeah. not surprised how bad they are but knew this was gonna happen but also like please for me, me finding <laughs> randy carlisle in a car park was invented very much almost <laughs> happened <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, got Kelly on Twitter a couple of times and um, went to a Devils game while I was in the UK with, I don't think in the USR with Mike. And he abandoned me halfway during the third period of my first NHL game because he had to go do interviews next door at uh, Barnabas or whatever it is. Uh, because the ribs had practice. And so after the game, I'm like straight up like sneaking in. Like, I'm like. <laughs> texting me like someone let me in the door because it's locked so people like me can't get in you know <laughs> you should let me in and i'm like in the same building as him and i'm like my 
I figured getting arrested while in another country probably wasn't a good idea, so I held back, but like. But also, like. Like that man one day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, wait, this game was your first NHL game. Who did they play? It was really sad. Oh, it was the game against the Leafs in January. That's such a oh, okay. good team. The Taylor Hall was good. Oh, Yeah. The first professional game I ever saw was a Marley's game on New Year's Eve. Uh, and I was beyond after a very uh, tumultuous uh, month and a half of following Sam Garnier get loaned to the Marley's and then get called back up by Vancouver and then get loaned back to the Marley's. And then there were rumors about him getting called back up again. I was like, precious. I just want to see him. Um, my phone was lit like, you know, you've got some of like the best young players in the world on the ice and my camera roll during warm-ups is just like, wow, that's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he scored the first goal of the game. He was officially my first ever professional goal, which we will take because the other option is my first professional goal. We just count professionals NHL. That makes my first professional goal won by Ron Hainsey, and I refuse to admit that that happened. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, the Devils and Leafs are like my, like, you know, teams I will shamelessly love when they aren't, as long as they aren't playing the Oilers. So I was really happy to see a Leafs Devil game. I was like, I don't care who wins. This is great. But also, then the first goal was called Ron Hainsey. I was like, call it back. I hate it. So wait, do you not like Rod Hainsey or? I just, just... I didn't understand why he was sparing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Take Muzzin. Yeah, I was just like, why are you here? Like, what are you? Thinking? I'm confused. He's like one of those players that all the like the, everyone loves. So I think they like over. They're like, no, no, he's good because he's a good guy. Yeah. It's like, no, that he could be a good guy on the third pairing. But you no. uh, uh, yes. Yeah, Sam Garnier scored my first professional goal and literally my phone like on Twitter was just people being like, Alyssa, he did this specifically for you. I'm like, yes, thank you. <laughs> Your impact. Yeah, I know. Your brand I am is strong. Best way to end the year. Thank you, yeah. Molly. <laughs> Sam Garnier's We're going out on a bang. Well, thinking yep. of like the Marlies and the Leafs, and just thinking of how much Kyle Dubas appreciates analytics, what do you think are like the most helpful or the most important stats for like someone to consider when they're trying to gauge um, a hockey player or a team? I think it depends what league you're talking about because that depends like what of the advanced analytics you kind of have. Oh, that's true. Um, so like I'm a big fan of like the war models that like um evolving hockey and corsica have put out but they're just not achievable uh with the amount of data we have in women's hockey analytics so there's type of things right. like that i'm like whoa nice <laughs> cool yeah. and then i stop looking because otherwise it makes me sad um, <laughs> um but also things like i really like with or without use um, so, like, seeing a player's impact on the ice, like, with or without, like, how a team performs depending on whether a player's on the ice or whether a player's off the ice. Do not look at the Oilers with or without you. They're depressing. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's things when you have, like, a team that has, you know, particularly strong lines, you know, you look at, um, 
things like, you know, the Riveters haven't been necessarily performing well, but they have, like, a really strong, like, top core. Uh-huh. Would love to know what it looks like when they're not on the ice, uh, but we don't have stuff like shift data, so we can't do that yet. Uh, similar things like, you know, uh, Boston has been really, really dominant um, recently. Would love to know who is driving play. Right. Don't know, yeah. but, like, would be great to know. Couldn't tell you, but that kind of thing. Like, at least from an analytics perspective. Obviously, you know, you can watch the game and you can work it out, but, like, I can't look at it and then, like, pull up a fun chart and be like, oh, look, this proves exactly what I was saying. Yeah. Um, and other things I've really liked that have come out recently uh, is Cole Palmer has been doing uh, these things called Hockey Stats Cards, uh, which register based on a player's game score – uh, if it's a certain, I think it's like 6% more than like their average uh, like game score, it'll like label it like a breakout game for that player. Like they didn't just have a good game by like general standards, like they've had a great game for them specifically. Um, and that's something I'm like starting to look at and be like, okay, how can we have that on even strength? Because we have game score, which yeah. is kind of like a catch-all number that you can really quickly look at and be like, okay, the higher this number is, the better this player performed in today's game kind of thing. So, yeah. and if they're in the negatives, you're like, he, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> you did not do good today. I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about it. But yeah, um, at the moment, in terms of like catch-all stats for women's hockey, we really only have game score, and that's only for the um, NWHL because they're the only ones that track anything more than shots on goal yeah. kind of thing because that encompasses um, – your hits and your face-offs as well. Maybe turnovers. If turnovers are tracked, I can't remember right now. If it is, it's not very many. It's, if it is, it's tracked badly. It's, yeah. you know, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and when do you, like, what do you think is the major roadblock for those things to be recorded? Do you think it's just, like, manpower or, um, you know, not really an acceptance of analytics, maybe? I think a little bit of both. Okay. Um, I think it's hard, like, it's something we've all sat there and been like, there's not enough people for this, there's not enough people, yada, yada, yada. The reason why people were like, oh, the Australian leagues can't have advanced stats is because there's not enough people. Well, I'm one person, and yes, I'm hilariously overworked for something that I'm not paid at all for, but we have advanced stats for women's hockey in Australia now. Like, it's achievable, but it just requires people to put – I guess the appropriate weight on the importance of it, because you know, yes, you only have so many people. That's a fact. But like where you are using those people is where that's going to come through, whether or not you're getting those numbers. And at the same time, so yeah, there's definitely everyone's still warming up to um, stat collection and doing that. And people have this idea that like tracking games requires this, insane amount of skill when in reality it is literally just being able to not lose concentration and scribble on a piece of paper often like it's not easy but it's not like something that needs a ton of upskilling kind of thing like it's a learn on the job type thing you can't you know send someone like tape and be like practice tracking kind of thing because if they're going to be tracking games in person that's not going to work kind of thing like right. i track from a monitor for the adub games but, like, 
I just had to get used to tracking from a single monitor. You, you know, you develop skills and strategies and each person's skills and strategies are different. You just kind of, it's one of those things you've got to do. You can't sit there and like wait to like receive magical training because the training doesn't exist at whatever level we're talking. Um, but yeah, like in an NHL game, you've got upwards of 20 people uh, tracking stats for the league at any given game. Um, so that's, you know, all your time on ice stuff, all your hits, all your shot locations, all your hit locations, all where the passes came from. Like, it's an insane amount of data they actually track, and not even all of that ever, like, some of that doesn't even ever go public kind of thing, but it's yeah. all there, and they have it. Whereas we're just not at the level where people are, or leagues, I guess, are willing. They're not prioritizing um, data. Like, people keep being like, oh, uh, when is the CWHL going to be on even strength? And the answer is the second they even start tracking shots per player. I don't even need locations yet. I'll just take the shots per player kind of thing because once we have that, we can start delving into some of those more advanced numbers that actually require, you know, some calculations uh, mm. rather than just watching the game and, you know, making yeah. tallies next to a player's name when they shoot. But that's something that the CWHL doesn't prioritize, so we don't have it. And until such point that we do have it, nothing's going to move forward because it's not even like, like, yes, if the NWHL stopped tracking stats tomorrow with a big enough team of people, you know, probably 10 could do it, two for each, like, rink, we could have all the same stats they give us and more kind of thing if people were willing to go to those games and track them, like, or even just watch those games because we have video streams for every game and track them. Like, we could still have that data. It wouldn't be completely lost. Whereas we don't even have video data for the CWHL, which means you need people who are physically able to get to the games. And then that's, you know, what are we going to do? Send people to China? Like, we can't <laughs> do that. <laughs> we don't have, but we don't have video streams for those games. So we have no way of tracking them. So even if we want it, and had the manpower, we still couldn't have the data. So it's very much, you know, leagues have to get on board for this stuff to happen, uh, and until then we're kind of thumb-twiddling and making things work. And It's very much like we look at men's hockey, and you see a men's hockey stat that you like, and you're like, ooh, like advanced, and you're like, I want that. And it's like getting a fully assembled IKEA table is what men's (laughs) hockey is, you know? They've got all the pieces, they've put it together nicely, and it's kind of on display. And then we look at the box that we've been given and we're missing seven screws in one leg. And we're like, okay, we're going to make this up. (laughs) So like everything from game score to expected goals, while they are very largely based on like NHL advanced stats, a lot of the time, I know like I did the X goals code uh, that we use for even strength and the one that I then again use for, um, the Australian League, and it's like I got someone's code who'd made one for the NHL. It was actually Matt's. So, you know, I got Matt's NHL code, and I slowly took things away from it. (laughs) I was like, oh, no, we don't have that. Oh, no, we don't have that. Oh, no, we don't have that either. (laughs) And I just kept taking information from it, and then you run a test to see if it's actually still like giving out meaningful numbers kind of thing. And you're like, okay, it just passes. Good. We can use it. But like, 
it only just passes the meaningful test that's like, you know, actually proving something. Um, you know, yeah, women's hockey is very much, you know, you're building an Ikea table, but you're missing seven parts. So, yeah. Yeah. I was just reading your article that you wrote for um, the Ice Garden, and I was struck by the line, um, like, if you miss a shot, it didn't happen. And that, like, I think really encompasses all the work that goes into this and, like, how, you know, something like, like the CWHL is almost impossible to do right now because unless you're in those buildings, did they even play hockey? Yeah. Yeah, like, we can see the scores, but, like, apart from, like, who the goal scorers were, were there any other players on the ice? Yeah. We don't know. There honestly might have only been those four people, like... Because <laughs> we have, like, unless you score or get a penalty, we have no data on anything you do during that game. So right. from an analytics standpoint, it's just white noise, like... Yeah. You're not doing anything. <laughs> but, yeah, if I miss a shot, it very much didn't happen. <laughs> now, and I'm naive with this, but, like, have they said why they don't track any of that this information? Like, I know you said that they just don't see it, it as important as of right now. Like, have they... Nothing has ever been said publicly. <laughs> okay. okay. I have heard from people who, you know, have worked in or and like around the league yeah. um, that have had like off the books conversations with people, uh, but it is, it's just not a priority for them and told me that I should not expect it anytime soon. So I've just been running with that. It's much better than hoping and dreaming that it will one day arrive and constantly being disappointed year in, year out when it doesn't. So maybe one day. (laughs) And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, CWHL, there is officially more data on the Australian League than you now. (laughs) Yeah. And now um, that this kind of brings, I kind of want to get, this isn't a question. This is what you guys' opinion on. And one of the girls that I know, um, and her name is <laughs> at cowgirl under bebop. <laughs> she was at, um, she was at, she was in New York on, um, Saturday and she went to the NHL headquarters. She yeah. got to speak with Gary Bettman and she made a thread of all this information about the uh, NHL. Yeah. How the, did you see that? This I thread? have seen the thread. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'll just read it because in case any of our listeners have not uh, seen the thread. Um, And she says, um, although this isn't really my lane, I know a good number of my followers are interested in what the NHL is doing to support women's hockey. And today I got to ask Gary Bettman himself about it, especially as it relates to the NWHL and the CWHL. Yes, the NHL is interested in eventually starting their own women's league, but they aren't going to do that while either the NWHL or the CWHL is occupying the space. At the league level, they believe there's room for only one league. They also don't believe that either of the existing leagues have a sustainable business model. I know some people are thinking that maybe the the NHL would jump in to back emerging NWHL, CWHL, but Gary says that they aren't looking to do that either. He repeatedly emphasized that the NHL doesn't want to be the one to drive them out of business by starting their own uh, competing league. So, essentially, they're willing to wait until the existing women's league vacate the space um, and start their own. At the team level, he isn't discouraging ownership groups from partnering with or acquiring teams um, in the existing leagues. But as a league, that's not in the plan. 
they want their own league and they will run it that they can run and control their own way. So and she says, I'm sure this information isn't exactly breaking, but because he said he discussed it with the tons of people before, but if you were interesting to know that the NHL is planned to do for pro women's hockey. So what do you guys think about that? <laughs> I think it's like, they're waiting for these other ones to fail, so they're not even supporting them at all. I mean, we saw that during the um, the NHL All-Star game when even though they had, you know, these women's players coming out and performing, um, demonstrating, and in uh, Kendall Coyne's case, partaking in these tasks, I don't think they ever once mentioned, you know, what teams they played for. You know, Kendall Coyne from Minnesota or whatever. So I just think that that's more doing more harm than good and it definitely doesn't like make me feel like they do well if they were in charge of a women's league i i wonder like i wonder what made him speak so candidly because gary bettman is one to kind of like circle around a question and not really answer um answer questions directly but the two women hockey leagues you know America, they do run very different models, and I think um, I don't know too much about this, but I think like the CWHL, like the way their model is, they haven't they haven't really been paying players, but I know it's looking like they want to merge. But I think like the two like owners of the two leagues are like they they like hate each other or something, so it doesn't look like eminent. But I do think that I think there's such a growth in women's hockey and there's so much talent like there's so much talent there that it would be nice to have them be in one league and to kind of be able to expand it more instead of splitting instead of splitting the two but in terms of Gary Bettman wanting to like steal <laughs> steal all these players and <laughs> like make some other league like I'm not surprised because the way he seems it's very much like my way and how is this going to make me the most money and how is this going to make my owners happy than like doing what's best in order to like grow the game so yeah disappointing but not surprised I when I read that I was like it's very bold of you Gary Bettman like the NHL is not even marketed that well and for you to want to start another league um, with women and I just I don't know. I just, I mean, obviously his comments rubbed me the wrong way, but at least he was upfront about it. And that's why you kind of see the NHL never really promote any, um, uh, women's hockey, whether it's the NWHL or the CWHL. Um, so I guess it made sense that, that way. Um, because there are so many other different ways that they could have promoted those, uh, those pro hockey women, um, at the all-star game. So, I mean, um, I just thought it was like really interesting. Like you want to start your own league, but you don't even market the NHL. Well, like, <laughs> you don't even market them well. So, and to me, it's just like, Oh gosh, it's all, it's, it's always going to be kind of an uphill battle. Even though, I mean, I'm partial cause I like, it's more accessible to me anyway. So the NWHL, I don't know. I think they're getting better each, especially with, when they link up with different uh, with the different teams like the White Caps with the Wild, and I think it's like the Boston Bruins just recently linked up with the Pride, or no, Pride, not Pride, no, no, that's no the it is yeah. it's 
Oh, I thought Pride was CWHL. Um, I just think, uh, I think that, like... That's the I, Blades. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel like the women's hockey teams, they work so hard to try to get NHL teams to kind of, like, support them. Like, especially CWHL teams, like, their names kind of, like, kind of match the NHL teams. Like, you have the Inferno, and then you have, like, the the Lady Canadians or whatever, and the... Batman basically saying like oh no we're just waiting for them to fail like not even taking into consideration like everything that they've worked on and worked towards because like they are doing it like it it is growing without their help and the fact that he's just going to be like underhand that and be like no we're just waiting for them to fold as they eventually will so we can make our own team it's just like so condescending and gross I can't find the exact uh, thing right now. I was looking for the trademark uh, issuing thing. But from memory, well, they definitely have it. I can't. And from memory, they've had it since, like, 2005 or something. The NHL owns the trademark to the WNHL. So they have had eons to do something about it, and they are suddenly interested in it because there is proof that it is profitable. Yes, that is in some large part due to the thanks of the NWHL, which launched itself as a for-profit model, as against the CWHL, who's always been and continues to be a non-for-profit organization. But also, I'm just one of these people, I loathe the one-league conversation because so many parts of today's NHL game do not happen without there being two leagues. Uh, for major North American hockey. Things like the blue line doesn't exist without there being two uh, leagues. Uh, Things like players' negotiations rights at the when they become a uh, unrestricted free agent literally doesn't exist without the WHL uh, in the, what was that, like 80s, I want to say, 80s to early 90s. Like the list of things that are wrong, that, like, are just part of today's NHL game that don't exist without there being competitive, like, competing leagues at different point in times uh, is just to ignore a large chunk of history with what the WHL, uh, WHA, PWHL, like, all of these leagues that, yes, they've come and gone, and, yes, the NHL was the one that came out on top. And, no, we don't know like whether these two leagues are going to continue to coexist for forever or whether one of them will eat the other or one of them will fold or what will happen there. But people who sit there and go, it's bad for the sport, they need to merge immediately, yada, yada, yada. And I extend that from, you know, the person who yells it on Twitter to the player who says it in a press conference to the ex-player who says it in press conferences, constantly trying to pit the two leagues against each other in a negative light. The two leagues have helped each other grow uh, in different ways. They both have major issues in completely different ways in things they're still doing and the way they run models and, you know, the way they interact with whether it be players or media or coaches or, you know, other organizations. And the fact is the NHL had their opportunity. They've had this since forever. They could have started a women's hockey league at any point they damn well liked. They could have, and the fact that now, you know, they could have backed the CWHL in any of the six years they existed, six, seven years they existed prior to the NWHL coming around and they still sat back and were like, no, no one cares about women's hockey. I'm just deeply dubious of anyone who's trying to jump in from men's hockey at this point and be like, okay, I'm on board now. 
we can do this kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, like women's sport in Australia is some of the highest paying in the entire world. There was a uh, paper released uh, last year looking at uh, women's sports pay rates uh, around the world uh, and like three Australian sports were on that list. I was like, well, go us kind of thing. And yes, most of those have always been launched with men's league backing. So we have the AFLW, which is literally just the AFL, but with women. And yeah, they're horrible at marketing it, but at least we, you know, pay the players a living wage. You know, we have our T20 cricket, um, Women's cricket in Australia might actually be more popular than men's cricket at the moment, but that's what happens when one of your team cheats on the international stage. <laughs> um, everyone's like, we don't care about the men's team anymore because they're a tire fire. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, we've always been really good at paying women's sports, and, yes, it's been, but it's always been a partnership. It's not been or like, launched with the help uh, of that league. Uh, netball here, which... Do you guys know what netball is? Like, I know it's a very a Commonwealth sport. Is it like a combination of soccer and basketball? Mm, more like basketball than soccer. Okay, okay. So you okay. can't really bounce the ball. You just, like, throw past it to each other. But, okay, like, you know, I... similar, similar court to basketball. Okay. Very much a female sport. Uh, but, like, the netball league here is, like, off the charts kind of thing like it draws massive crowds week in week out kind of thing like there's evidence all around the world that women's sport is profitable and more so has become profitable in recent years um and it's lovely to know that gary bettman doesn't want to force the team leagues to join uh, so he can swoop in and be savior but it's also just really i don't know like not disingenuous, but that's the closest word I can come up with, of him at this time when everyone's, like, you know, being like, well, women's sport to be like, we would love to make a team, but we can't. Like, we would love to make a league, but we can't. Like, but you had your chance. You lost your chance. Yeah. I would be very happy. Like, it, I wouldn't bug me at all if women's hockey continued to exist in North America with minimal NHL import. Yeah. I'm fine with teams sponsoring and helping and sharing resources. That makes sense kind of thing. Yeah. But what has Gary Bettman ever done? Yeah. That's good. <laughs> what has he done that's good? <laughs> really good at yeah, We don't need one of those, but it could be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could get my life in order. That's what I'm, gonna, that's what I'm planning to do with the next lockout is to get <laughs> Organized my life. Um, hopefully, I won't be as into hockey by then. Oh, <laughs> leave the sport. I'm yeah. like, can't wait to go full women's hockey. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like every every single Riveters game. I would really just prefer if the NHL just or the NHL teams want to back the women's hockey uh, teams, then I'm fine with that. But I kind of just want them to do their own thing. I I like what they've done so far. And I feel like it may not be genuine, but they might, I mean, no, let me say this. They might not have my best interest at, at heart, but they definitely care more than the NHL. So it's like. Yeah. And like, it's one of those things, like, I suppose the backing of teams uh, brings in that mainstream media coverage, which is, you know, yeah. 
what we keep yeah. trying to get. And, like, yes, it would be very nice to have uh, constant uh, mainstream media coverage of the women's leagues because uh, it sure doesn't happen at the moment. No, but no. at the same time, like, you just have to look at – well. I suppose, I know, you can look at the impact that mainstream media coverage can have. Like, Minnesota is still at every game this season. And while, you know, maybe their partnership with the Wild hasn't been as partly as people would have liked, like, you said to look like the Avs were tweeting more about Kendall Point than the Minnesota Wilds were. But still, um, like, they definitely, like, the Minnesota general, you know, like, mainstream media has got really on board with that team. And, you know, I, like, well, I don't think, like, it's Minnesota. They can sell out hockey stadiums like it's their job. Like, they're very good at it. Yeah. Um, and, but, like, so while it's not obviously the only reason, that's definitely helped. You'd have to look at, like, since the Pride partnered with the Bruins, they've sold out at least two games. Yeah. Which is something they haven't done for a considerable period of time, if they've ever done it. Like, there were people saying the first game they sold out, that they were um, in January middle of January, I happened to be at it. It was very nice. It was very busy, and people were saying this was more people they'd seen in Warrior, including when it was the Brianna Decker, Hillary Knight, like, you know, like the stacked team kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah. you know, that um, partnering with the team definitely brings in the media coverage if it's done right, um, but in some instances it just isn't. Like, you have to look at the Riveters in that instance, what has New Jersey done recently in terms of helping them with media coverage apart from giving them a defunct player who's a bad coach? Like, Right. Yeah. So, you know, there's definitely there's ways to make the partnership work, but I think that is up to, you know, the NA- and WHL teams and the NHL teams they partner with uh, to make that a mutually beneficial partnership, not just one that's in writing. Yeah. And I think the Sabres and the Buttes have done a good job. Yeah, owned by the same... People. Yeah, they're owned by, and that, and that helps because they are owned by the same uh, family. But yeah, players just casually wearing the women's league hats uh, in press conferences—it's my favorite thing. Um, I was I was watching this thing. It was like um, Tim and Sid, and they're basically like, "Oh, why don't?" They're asking what's her name, Natalie Spooner. Why yeah. do you think we don't get like we don't have? like more coverage what is it that you specifically can do for women's hockey to be like more out there and I just feel like like literally if you showed a highlight from like a women's hockey game because like they're talented players like there will be like amazing highlights then I just felt that that's so condescending that a lot of the onus falls on the players where it's like you have these major sports networks especially in Canada where they eat hockey up like you can't show a women's hockey highlight so that more people can like get connected to the game and watch it and it's also hard because when like they do show so much the moment when uh like mainstream media do come in and cover games they come in they already have their story written it's usually about one league they get their quotes they leave you don't like you had to look at the press that came out of CWHL or Star. Uh, weekend from major news networks it was all like one week when will that happen it's like yeah. was there a game that happened I thought you went to cover cover a game no yeah. no hockey occurred okay sweet so it was just a press conference is what you're telling me. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, but the CWHL is so they're so like to me they just seem so sneaky. Like it's even their All Star game. Like I didn't hear about it until it's too like a week before, and um, did their their draft was like they they have the draft, but it was like no, it wasn't like publicized. Like, was it was like outside. Definitely some issues with the media coverage and what they'd allowed to happen uh, for the CWHL that could have been handled better. But at the same okay. time, I've also heard of you know like both leagues have had absolute tire fires when it comes to like media engagements at different points in yeah. time like there's a lot of people who either go very hard for the nwhl and like this is the perfect league and a lot of people go very hard for the cwhl being like this is the better league and i'm just there like you're both very mediocre a lot of the time <laughs> just with your ability to like communicate information yeah. in a timely fashion yeah <laughs> i wonder if that's just like a hockey thing not great communication, and the media is always hit or miss. I, I think it also comes from what, they're, they're, what they want from media. So a lot of the time, like, they might, like, you know, you've got sites like the Ice Garden and Victory Press out there that have been covering these leagues since, like, forever. Um, but, like, who, buddy, we can get an exclusive on, uh, I don't know, pick your local news station where they get to announce this really cool thing. It's like, hi. Yeah. Cool. Swell. Great. Okay, well, Alyssa, we won't keep you um, forever. We'll <laughs> let you go. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to let us know, plug in for our listeners, anything that you have coming up, even strength? I'm updating the website today, so all the stats that are wrong should be not wrong later. <laughs> or they might still be wrong, in which case I will be emailing the NWHL and hoping they respond. Um, no, oh. <laughs> we just have there's a couple of numbers in Season 1 that are wrong, um, and I'm hoping they've updated it in a good way, not in a band-aid over the error way because if it's a yeah. band-aid over an error way we're going to have an issue because that means I'm going to have to fight a band-aid as well and I don't have one <laughs> <laughs> like all or nothing yeah like, please I feel stats to be right in your back end um no if you want to find me on Twitter I'm over at Alyssa's tweeting I scream regularly about everything from the giant spider that currently lives in the picture in my kitchen um to women's party statistics. <laughs> Everything in Australia is trying to kill you, so, you know, you get used to it. Oh, um, one last thing before we let you go. Um, I was watching the 9.30 game yesterday. Um, yeah. And I think Melbourne. What? Yep, okay. Yeah. And you gave a shout-out to, um, like, the... Uh, how did you phrase it? The custodians of the land, I guess, like, yes. you're, I don't know if you would call them indigenous people there. Yeah, yeah. That's like what we, okay. Um, is there like a diverse hockey fan base there? Uh, like not super, but it is a thing that more so lots of places try and do before any type of like gathering. Like even when we have assemblies at school. Uh, oh, we okay. have the acknowledgement of country before every single school assembly. Okay. Uh, it's just one of those things we've gotten really good at doing. We weren't doing it for the first half of the season. Uh, and then um, 
Nikki, uh, who does some of the graphics and does a lot of social media for the Newcastle North Stars men's team, was like, hey, we should probably put this in. So my bane of the existence is trying to pronounce the names every week, uh, but they get written phonetically for me, which is very nice. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, I know my local ones, but, like, none of the rinks we're playing in are either where, like, my parents are from, so, like, I know that one, or where I'm currently teaching which I know that one. So yeah. I, every week I'm just like, wild, here's some new names for me, let's go. Yeah. But, yeah, just, you know, trying to be a little bit more respectful yeah, uh, in our streams, which is nice. Well, Alyssa, thank you so much again for doing this. We really appreciate it. Yeah, this was amazing. Yeah, I've learned so much, and I think that our listeners will have learned a lot. All right, so that's everything for us this week. Thank you so much for joining us. And thanks again to Alyssa from Even Strength for joining us and talking women's hockey with us. Um, as always, if you have any questions, please feel welcome to contact us on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. Um, and rate and review us on iTunes if you get the chance. We would really appreciate it. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.